Hello and welcome to the WooCast, episode number 38 with Heather Esposito. My name is Mackie. And I'm Juliet. And we're here to explore all things weird, weird and, and woo-woo. So the jury's out, guys. You want more weird and more woo-woo. Because we were just looking at our analytics, seeing what episodes are, data. Yep, are getting the most listens. And very exciting because our listenership has been growing month after month. So thank you for all the support, everyone. But apparently, the more weird and the more woo-woo we go, the more listens and downloads we get. So I am going to take that as my sign since I love going deeper and deeper. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely check things out because I just put out a, um, a poll asking what you guys want to hear more about. And it sounds to me like the nature of our reality is what you want to hear more about, which to be honest with you guys, that is pretty much all I want to hear about as well. That is my search. I am the seeker of why the fuck are we here? Yeah. What is going on? What is happening to the world? Where are we going? Where are we headed? All that stuff. So uh, we have a lot of that coming up. Very excited for the guests that I have booked. Makes sense. Like, cause when you come, when it comes down to it, like that is the question, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. No big intro today, guys. We are exhausted. We have been hiking a lot, and I smell like ass right now. <laughs> <laughs> the bath is awaiting me. I need to just soak myself in there and get this stench off. But we. Uh, Here's something kind of serendipitous. There are uh, two people, there are a couple that live right above us. Like Directly. Yes, we, we know what they watch on TV. Well, not really. We just know that they have a sick sound system because it's always like really a lot of bass. <laughs> and um, so we were thinking to ourselves, wow, what a really cool couple. Would love to hang out with them and be friends with them. And we went on a hike today off the beaten path it wasn't just right here in boulder it took us about 45 30, minutes yeah, 35 45 yeah. minute drive and at the exact same time that we are parking at the trailhead to catch the shuttle because you got to take a shuttle all the way into the mountain they show up at the exact same time so there you go things are meant to be and we had such an awesome day with them yeah so we got our wish our wish came true we are now hanging out and friends <laughs> i love it well so today's guest Known her for a very long time, but we had not connected like this in uh, about 10 years. So very, very excited to have Heather Esposito on the show. She is a holistic business and mindset coach who loves helping entrepreneurs connect their subconscious and conscious minds to heal and thrive so they can make more money and impact the world. She's an entrepreneur herself. She has a master's in counseling. She is a certified holistic health and life coach. She co-founded one of my favorite places that I used to go to a lot, a gluten-free, allergen-free bakery. And she was on Cupcake Wars and Cooking Channel. Lots and lots of accolades and fame with her cooking. And she has worked as a coach for Tony Robbins, which I found to be the most interesting. I wanted to know all the scoop on what was that like. She did that for three and a half years. And after that, she left to start her own practice. And that was because she was experiencing the shift of energy healing and how it really started to support her. And she wanted to incorporate it with her clients. So that's what she does today. She runs her own coaching and energy healing practice. She combines her tools as a therapist, coach, and energy healer. So very, very excited to have Heather on today. Such an amazing conversation and so many parallels of what she and I are doing after we both went through 
nutrition school and doing that as a modality and then how those things kind of shift and flow into us both doing this coaching mindset energy work. So I was, yeah, it was such an evolution. It was like talking to my business partner who is not my business partner, (laughs) as if she and I were doing the exact same thing, which I love so much. So definitely check her out. And don't forget after the episode, she has a sacred money archetype quiz that we will post in the show notes so that everyone can see what is your money archetype to help you heal and transform your relationship to money. Without further ado, here is Heather Esposito. All right, Heather Esposito, welcome to the WooCast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited for this reconnection. It has been over 10 years, I feel like, since we had some sort of in-person connection. And I've just been following along with you online. And I'm really excited to just chat with you about what you're up to these days. I'm excited to talk too here. I mean, I you know follow you too, so I know what, what some of what you're up to, but not the details. So yeah, and I think for those of us who started off in like a nutrition world, there's this I've talked about this before, there seems to be this evolution that happens for a lot of us in where we start, how we start coaching people with just like the body, and what they're putting in their body and how that affects their health. But then it starts to like over the years turn into like, more and more coaching and gets mm-hmm. deeper and deeper. So it's really cool to see that trajectory for a lot of us. It is, it is. It, it, it's fun to, to experience the trajectory too. And to like, cause I always am like, how did I get here? Like, mm-hmm. who, am I, who am I, you know? And, and I don't know about you, but like the people who know me now, they just think that, you know, I've always been like this. And I'm like, you don't understand. Like I was <laughs> the worst eater in the world. I was the so negative. I was so miserable. Like this isn't how I always was. I'll take it. I wish I was always like this, but I think I appreciate it more because I, because there was that contrast. Absolutely. The contrast is everything. You, you have to see the other side of the coin to really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And then for you to be able to really understand what other people are going through, if they are in that place of they're not taking care of their physical body or their, you know, their emotional health. And you're like, I actually do know what that is like, because I was that person. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and here I am living proof that if you do the work, because it is work that yes. you can get to a place where you feel really, really good, like inside and out. So, yeah. So tell the listeners I always love this because it's like it's been hard for me even. And I don't know about you to like, what do you call yourself? You know, <laughs> I think these things change over the years. So what are you uh, what kind of practitioner are you at this moment? Yeah, that's a great. Not a, I know the, the answer to it, but it's one that like doesn't always feel satisfying totally, because how how do you describe it? Right. And so my um, my coach that I'm working with, like, you know, she's really like drilling me down to get clear on that. And what we've what we've settled on is a holistic business and mindset coach because, you know, holistic encompasses everything because you can't just talk about business without talking about how are you eating? How are you sleeping? What's your personal life like? You know, what kind of joy do you have in your life? Right. What's your energy like? And, and I, it doesn't to me totally encapsulate like the energy healing part of it, but, um, I, 
I landed on that just because it felt like it was it was it was enough. And the people who know me and follow me know that that's a part of it. And yeah, I think it does a really good job of encapsulating like as a, just like an initial thing, like, OK, that's what you do. And then you mm-hmm. can get into it more, you know, yeah. when people are open to it. Yeah. And you yourself right now, you're working with a holistic business coach. Yeah, yeah. You wanted somebody who's going to like, not just ask you about like your brand messaging, but is going to talk to you about like, what's actually like holding you back from putting yourself out there or like, what blocks do you have about like really showing up? Because being an entrepreneur pulls on so many heartstrings and brings so many of your shadows to light. <laughs> like, Oh crap. Like, <laughs> like all your fears. And at any time that you step into a place of like, I'm going to put myself out there and I'm going to like express myself and I'm not just going to go along with the herd. I'm going to be like my own, like, uh, yeah pillar here it's it's brings up so much for people like i want to have a whole episode on, on imposter syndrome it's it's in the works <laughs> especially when it's a personal brand because it's so personal right yeah yeah well and that's like the thing that i tell my clients when they come to me and they're like i just need to know how do i do this and my whole entire first call with them is all how we are not going to be working on the how the majority of the time everything that we're going to be talking about is who you need to be to be in alignment right? With the vision that you have of your brand, of, of your company, right? Because they want to be here. They're here and say, just tell me the steps. And I'm like, I could tell you the steps, but right. I know what's going to happen. We're going to get on our car next week. And you're like, I didn't do any of it mm. <laughs> right? yeah. because you don't believe that you can actually be that person. So it's all the stuff that in between that mindset, that energetic piece that's stopping you from stepping into that. Once you believe like, oh, wait, I can be successful. Like you just do it. It's just natural. Nobody needs to tell you the things like you're like, oh, I, but this is if I was that person, this is what I would do. And you, and that part, it takes longer. It's it does take longer to get into that part of really aligning with that identity, but it's lasting. Mm-hmm. You don't have to keep going back to like, oh, well, how do I do this? How do I do this? When you own that identity, it's just like, you know, when Wonder Woman or Superman puts on the cloak, like they're not like, well, how do I save the world? You know, it's like they become that person and they're like, I just go, I just pick up right. and fly run or whatever right it's just they own that identity and that's everything with entrepreneurs is that we own the identity of it and that's why most people struggle with it because they don't feel like they can be successful or they deserve it or they're afraid to be seen or visible so yeah so- or all of the above yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly and so for you um what brought you to this place of passion for doing mm. the work that you're doing i know you've gone through a long journey and trajectory yourself because you have to do the work yourself to get to that place where you you really know it and can feel it and sense it with other people and there's a a very empathic quality when you're a holistic you know mindset coach in any of any kind to connect to people and what i say is like we hold space for where where they're at like meet them where they're at but then mm-hmm. we hold this really big space for where we know that somebody can step into that light. Right. It's like, cause, mm-hmm. and you know it for yourself, like where you were and where you are now. So, you know, long story medium, I would love to hear yeah. about, you know, you and I have known each other for a really long time. Cause we both went to school for holistic nutrition. So kind of mm-hmm. what brought you through this whole path? Yeah. So I, I always loved helping people in my twenties. I worked for an, uh, I volunteered for an organization for teenage kids and realized that I, I needed more tools because when you're dealing with kids whose you know, parents are divorcing, who are talking about suicide, all these things, I'm like, I need some more tools. 
So I went to school for counseling and realized that was felt really short. And that's what led me into school for health coaching. I had my own dark night of the soul where I was like, I'm going to kill myself, thought of five different ways to do it. And then, then I also remembered about how somewhere I read that talked about how sugar caused depression. And so I made a deal with myself. I said, let's don't eat sugar for a week. See how you feel. And it makes a difference. Then like, then, then start exploring that. And if it doesn't, then go ahead and kill yourself. Like it was that like grim. And obviously if I felt different at the end of the week, which then led me to health coaching school, radically changed every single thing in my life. And I realized then that I couldn't, um, that my body didn't like gluten. It didn't like, I always knew it didn't like dairy. I just resisted it for a long time. Um, didn't, didn't like, like sugar, but I had this, such a huge sweet tooth. And so that sent me on the trajectory trajectory of going to a culinary school and becoming a natural food chef and then opening up, which where we kind of knew each other even more. It's like when I had my bakery and I lived in Philly and I um, was running the country's first bakery that's hundred percent free of gluten, dairy, eggs, soy, corn, and refined sugar working 80 to hundred hours a week, Lyme disease, adrenal fatigue, like just like it was the best and worst time of my life. <laughs> and when I left that, I was like, what do I do? And so I started, um, <laughs> just trying to figure out what, what direction did I want to go in? And I kept going back to wanting to help people. And so I started, and when I was in health coaching school, a friend had introduced me to Tony Robbins work, which is like the gateway, right. For everybody in personal development for most people. And so I, I went to his events in one year, I went to just about every single event. How many firewalks have you done? I've done five. <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> I've never done a Tony Robbins event, but I just felt I needed to ask you that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I went as a volunteer. And so most of them were, were volunteering as doing the firewalks. Um, but I got into that world and I decided, I was like, I'm going to, and I put, put this part in because this is a bit woo that I didn't realize at the time, but I, I was like, I'm going to coach for their company. And I was volunteering. And before I volunteered, I got there cause you never know what, job you're going to do when you get there. And I was like, I'm going to go and I'm going to volunteer at the coaching table and they're going to ask me to work for them. And so I get there and they tell me I'm going to be at the coaching table. And I was like, Oh, who knew? And then the, on the third day, the coaching director at the time we were talking and he was looking at my, they do a, a disc assessment, which is a personality assessment. And he was looking at mine and he's like, have you ever considered applying to work for us? He's like, we really need a female with your disc type because it's mm. a pretty one. And I was like, Oh, that's a great idea. I'll have to think about that. <laughs> and it's crazy. So then I, you know, I ended up getting trained with them and working for them for three and a half years wow. and great learning experience as is everything in life. Right. Um, and it, it's very, it's a very masculine environment. Right. And it's, it's all like, you know, just change your state, you know, just, just stand how you'd stand if you were that person. Well, if it was that easy, like everybody would be doing it. Right. And so I, I was really frustrated and struggling myself. And one of my girlfriends called me one day and she's like, I'm getting this certification in this thing called body code. She's like, I need to work on people's heart walls. Can I work on yours? And I'm like, my what? I, I had no idea what she was talking about. And she explained, she's like, heart walls, like this emotions around your heart that, that prevent you from connecting with yourself, from others, from really feeling like you can have success. I'm still thinking she's ridiculous, but I was like, sure, whatever, if it helps you. Cause she was like, we don't have to do anything. Like I do everything remotely. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And 
I had had all these people in Tony Robbins were all like trying to coach me. And then they were like, well, you're just uncoachable. I'm mm. like, no, you just have two tools in your toolbox. And it was, since those tools don't work, you're going to blame and shame me. And that doesn't work. <laughs> and she's doing her work. And about two weeks later, after she like removed my heart wall, which I still, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm laying in bed and I'm like, oh my gosh, like that heaviness on my chest is no longer there. Like I felt lighter. I felt freer. And I was like, I'm a very skeptical person, but I'm also like smart enough to know I could be skeptical and, and explore things and learn. Right? And so I started exploring it and I'm like, there's something to this. So I started using it with my clients and they were having shifts like super fast. Like here's one that you'll totally appreciate. I had a woman who was bottle fed. She was 56 years old. She was bottle fed Dr. Pepper. So she had been drinking Dr. Pepper her whole entire life. Wow. Right? Completely Regular. addicted. Like yeah. full sugar. No, everything. they're not going to give the baby diet, Dr. Pepper. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. And she's like, that's just normal where she grew up. And so we did all the health coaching things, eat more greens, drink more water. You know, nothing was changing. And I was like, well, let me try to do some energy work on it and see what happens. And we get on our call. It was about two weeks later. And I, and you know, I'm looking at her prep form and she's like, I only had one Dr. Pepper in the past two weeks. And I was like, tell me about that. She's like, well, I just didn't really want any, just saying it, like it wasn't a big deal. Right. Yeah. And That's I was like, incredible. Yeah. Like, do you hear yourself? She's like, well, I just didn't want it. I'm like, do you think maybe that the energy work had something to do with it? She's like, well, maybe. <laughs> and you know, little things like that just kept me becoming more and more of a believer in it. And I, got to the point when I was, you know, coaching there that I was like, I can't just coach with these, you know, limited toolbox, like limited tools without incorporating this energy piece into it. Because I had do been doing it all on the side, not getting paid for it, just kind of like playing around, you know, with my clients. And so I had, I was so out of alignment. I couldn't even breathe. Like I felt like I had like that weight back on my chest, you know, and I was like, I just, I, so I finally decided I was like, I need to just quit and, and go out on my own and do it the way that I feel like, you know, is going to serve my clients better. And here I am almost four years later. That's great. <laughs> you know? I absolutely so. love this. And I'm just like chill bumps all over when you're talking about this and so excited because it's been a very similar experience for myself from health coaching over the last 10 years into the work that I'm doing now with clients, which is a lot more energy work with and like going on soul journeys, inner child, like really going into the heart space and the spaces in our body that hold so much intelligence and mm -hmm. getting out of the mind space, right? Getting out of yeah. the conscious and going into the deep subconscious and where you can access all timelines and all realities. And that, that kind of work is so incredibly powerful. And I am a product of that work from working with other practitioners. And that's why I was like, I absolutely have to start incorporating this in sessions with clients to move the right. needle and move yeah. the needle faster. Like it moves it fast, which is really cool. I think everybody wants that, right? They want change fast and you can't mm -hmm. promise that, you know, you know things, ha things happen in due time when you're ready to have the experience and you're ready to move on from things. I think that there is divine timing for everyone, but sometimes we just get so stuck in our stories, right? For years and years and years. And it's like, yeah, just change your state. Okay. But right. like, how do you really change your state? If mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if you stand, you know, with your feet wide and your shoulders back and you walk into that room, you know, with right. that good posture, but 
how does that's not going to stick for most people. Mm hmm. Right. And you can, you can, I tell you, you can have all the answers, you know, to eat clean, you know, to exercise, you know, you, you know, meditation would help you, you know, that this relationship's not good for you and you should set boundaries. Okay. So then, and I'm going to put this back on you, Heather. So if that's not happening for people, right, they have all these tools and information. They've read every self-help book, right. Still doing the same shit. Yep. Yeah. I call it putting perfume on poop. <laughs> <laughs> And, and that's what I say there. I'm like, if you've done all those things, if you've gone to a therapist, you've gone to a coach, right. And that hasn't worked. Like, let's, let's go explore this, like this energetic piece, because it, you know, we get addicted to feelings. We get addicted to the, a certain frequency of something. And even though we want to, you know, release that weight, we want to be a certain size. We want to, you know, have a certain amount of our bank account. Like we're so, we get so conditioned to, I am, I'm comfortable and it's familiar for me to struggle. And it's not on the conscious mind because the conscious, that's such a small part of us, you know, five, 10% of us, right. But it's that other 90% that just keeps like cycling in the body. And we have to move it out of the body and get that energetic frequency shifted. And there's so many different tools to do that, you know, so many different modalities. And, you know, each, I think each practitioner just has to find the one that works for them because I'm so cerebral. I, I do the, the body code, which I like because it, it gives people a tangible, like if there's something like, like I'm working with a guy right now on his fear of um, losing his bunch of different things like money, his kids time. And so we go through and it's like, what's the energetic charge of, you know, fear of losing his money. And it's like, oh, that's a 10 of the energetic charge. Right. So then we work to bring that energetic charge down to a zero. So that when he thinks about it, he's like, oh yeah, it's not a thing, you know, mm -hmm. just like the Dr. Pepper. Mm -hmm. And what's great about it is like, we don't have to go in story and tell it over and over and over again, <laughs> you know, because the subconscious is just like, okay, let's get this done. Yeah. Just needs a space to do it. Yeah. The safe, the safe space to do it. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I love, did you tell me this, Maggie, maybe this was on your intake that you sent us that you will not work with anybody who doesn't believe in energy work. Well, I will, I won't work with anyone who's not open to it, open to it. Okay. They don't have to believe it. Cause I didn't believe mm -hmm. it when my friend did it on me, you know? So I know that you can be totally skeptical and thinking that it doesn't work and it still work. But if they're not open to it, like I was talking to somebody a couple of weeks ago and she's like, well, can we just do it without the energy work piece? And I was like, nah, like, you know, how, like, uh, if you want me to refer you to other people, but I just know that this works faster. And, you know, when I, when my clients go from struggle, 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 like in month one, you know, in month two or three, they're like, oh my gosh, like I'm doing really good. Do I need you anymore? And I'm like, yeah, we're just getting started now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Know? Because it has to stick. There's a component to this. Cause I had a similar experience when I started this work for myself, there's a component where you do feel so much lighter and so relieved and wow. I do feel empowered now and I can step into that place, but it's important that you still have someone kind of hold your hand for a little while and let it stick. Yes. Do it again, do it again, do it again. Because you think of how many years you were operating in a certain way and a month of operating in a new way 
that's in, that's amazing. But do you want to have the next 20 years operating in that way? It's going to take, you know, a little bit of time and practice and like action every day that you feel like someone is holding space for that for you. Not even like accountability, because I know about you, but I'm not an accountability partner. Like I'm not here to be on people and be like, what did you do your homework? It's more like you get to learn how to like parent yourself, be your own best friend, like show up for yourself every day because it becomes easy to do so. Yes. Yeah. I, I was explaining to people, I used in uh, the metaphor of, I used to do before, you know, everything got shut down. I used to do aerial stuff like Cirque du Soleil. Like I so used fun. to watch all your videos and be like, oh my God, she's amazing. Yeah. Spinning around in the air. Uh, I miss it. It's gone by the wayside, but we'll see. Um, but I would say, you know, when you're climbing up a silk, you have to engage your muscles in a certain way. And if you don't, you get injured. And so if I get injured and then I go to somebody who does body work and gets my muscles back where they need to go, and then I go back to the studio and I engage my muscles in the same way that caused the injury in the first place, going to the body work, I was kind of a waste of time. Like I have to engage differently. And that's where the energy work is like the guy fixing the muscle, right? And then the coaching part of it is learning how to engage differently. Right. Learning how to shift that pattern is it's, it, it is a both and like we can't just do one or the other. And I see people who go to coaching and they're like, I'm still stuck or they just do energy work and they're like, oh, I got back into it again. Right. It really is the marriage of both of them, you know, working with with our conscious and subconscious so that we can, you know, we move the stuff out of the subconscious. But people are always like, well, how do I not get there again? I'm like, OK, we have to learn. You have to learn how to shift your pattern consciously choose something different. It's not a magic wand. I wish it was. Yeah. And I'm curious what themes you see for people in a lot of the pain points that they come to you for. And uh, I know different coaches kind of you're you know, you're doing like business and success. And so uh, one of the things you mentioned is that trapped emotions kind of kind of keep people stuck in these like money stories. Right. And Mm -hmm. and like how they're directing their business. So I'd love for you to touch on that, like how trapped emotions are affecting someone and keeping them in this like mindset of how they react financially to things. Yeah. So in just explaining trapped emotions is that like when we feel, when we have an emotion, it goes through a certain cycle and they say it takes about 90 seconds for this, for the, the chemistry of the emotion to go through us. But what most people do, if they feel an emotion like shame or grief or frustration, what they tend to do is like they start feeling it and then they'll shut themselves down. They're like, I can't feel this. And so the best way I can explain it is like shutting down an orgasm. Like who wants to do that? Like that's the worst feeling in the world, right? And a feeling just needs to be felt and, and, and expressed. And so what people do typically is they just shut down. So then those feelings just get stuffed down and stuffed down and stuffed down. And then the body is so familiar and comfortable with those feelings that it just keeps looking for more ways to feed that. Right. And so when I think like we talk about like themes, a big thing I see for people is like when we're looking at trapped emotions is rejection, grief. Those are big, the big ones that I see for most people over and over again. Um, And it comes down to like worthiness and deserving. And And the big one that I always work with people on is that you said this earlier is safety. Like, is it safe for me to have money? Is it safe for me to be visible? Right. Because most people, uh, women especially will equate, right. If I, um, having money means that I'm going to have to work really hard and working really hard means that I'm not going to have time for myself and I'm going to be exhausted and then I'm going to get sick again. 
And I see that so much with women. And I know for me, I was the same thing too, because like when I had my bakery, like I said, I worked 80 to hundred hours a week. I had adrenal fatigue. I had Lyme disease. When I were coached for Tony Robbins, you have to have a docket of like 80 to 90 clients. So you're literally like every day, you're like, hi, how can I help you? Hi, how can I help you? Mm -hmm. You know, like just 30 minute calls one after another is all exhausting. And so when I left, it was like, oh my gosh, could I be successful and not have to work hard? And I'm not saying that we don't have to work hard. There's seasons. But I think there's a different energetic quality. Mm -hmm. I know I've been in the same place that you were, you know, in having equating that like must work hard in order to make the amount of money that I feel that I deserve in order to have the experiences and pay for the things that I want to pay for and live a lifestyle that I like. Right. And I'm, I've been unlearning all of that since I left my business and it is so freeing and incredible to have, to be doing so much less than I've ever done before. But what you end up doing is allocating energy and time in places that just are going to pay off so much more. You know, the whole like work smarter, not harder, but like, but this goes deeper than that. I mean, but that is what it is. It's working more aligned Mm -hmm. because when, when you're feeling those things, when your body is like, is that when I work for for Robin's towards the end there and I literally couldn't breathe, like I was so out of alignment and my body was like, Heather, like get out, like get out. And I was, didn't want to listen to my body because and that's basically, it was like, I was letting money make a decision for me or fear of not having money make a decision for me. And I hear this all the time from, you know, female clients. Like I can't leave this job to open my own business because what if I don't make money? Right. And let that fear just control every decision that they make. Yeah. And I was just thinking, it is terrifying to start a business from when you've been working, you know, for someone else. and. It's so important that you get some coaching on the deep stories that you tell yourself so that when you're creating this business, you're creating it from a place of personal power and not compromising on certain things uh, and really showing up bigger than you ever have before and not being in that scarcity mentality. And we're not taught that we're taught that owning a business and having is scarcity (laughs) all the time. You have to be so afraid all the time about loss. Yeah. And so it yeah. plants that seed and then all the decisions and all your energy surrounds that. And you might not even realize it, but all, but that's what's happening. And it's like, that becomes your truth. That becomes your reality reflected out to you. Well, and, and what's really interesting about that. And this, these past year and a half has shown so much like, you know, most people, I can't do, do my own business because, you know, because of scarcity, I need the certainty of having a job. Well, and that essentially is giving your power to somebody else, trusting that they're going to meet your and provide for you and meet your needs all the time. But as people have seen, like, you know, jobs can go like businesses can fold at any time and you can lose your job for whatever reason. And what it comes down to when people are running their own business is that they they trust that they are the ones creating and that they can they can create abundance that they are the actual like beginning of it instead of saying, Oh, I just got to get it from over here. And that's so hard for most people to think like, wait a minute, it's, it is me. I don't, I don't like most people don't want to trust in themselves because they're so really afraid of their power. And yeah, well, let's also talk about that because something that had come up for me a lot with that is that, okay, I have to rely on myself now 
And mm-hmm. do I trust myself that I can generate, that I can be this personal source of energy and power all the time? And there's a pressure that can go on top of yourself with that. And you can start holding yourself to these standards that can actually make you kind of energetically unwell. So I'd love for you to, t- to touch on that a little bit. I mean, I think you said it so well there, right? It's the, the trusting in themselves. Um, and there's, a, there's different kinds of like, okay, I got to do this in that go force mode. And then the, the trusting in a way that, how do I put this, is, is aligned. And it doesn't mean that you're not taking action, right? But your, your action is more inspired and your action comes from a place of it's already there. Like, I just need to go like the, the pond is filled with fish. I just need to go fishing because they're not going to jump out at me. I just have to actually go fishing. Right. But they're there already. And, and it's not easy. I will say, you know, two two weeks ago, I was in the Bahamas and I had been wanting to do this trip forever. And then when I was there, something happened with a couple of clients where it was like, oh, I got to cancel or I got to this. And I like started to feel myself go into that like. Oh, crap mode. Right. And then I was like, you know what, Heather? I'm like, you're in this beautiful place. Like, worrying about it is not going to do anything. You can't do anything. Like, I could have done something about it right then, but I was like, I'm on, I'm on vacation. And this is a strong boundary that I'm going to put around. Right. I'm on vacation and I'm going to trust that when I get back, like, we're going to work all this out. You know, and I decided just to stay in that energy of trusting, right? Honoring my boundary of being on vacation and not going into like, I am so important that I have to work while I'm on vacation. Right. And just to say, no, I'm on vacation and I'm just going to be fully present here. And when I got back, I took care of everything and everything was fine, you know? And it was like, and then I kept getting calls from people like, Hey, I want a session with you or, Hey, I want to talk to you about working with you. Like, and I was just like, look at that. Like I didn't go into scarcity mode at all. Didn't ruin my vacation. And it's just staying in that energy, which does take a lot of work. And it's harder, the more trapped emotions that you have in you, the more like stuff that is stuffed down, the harder it is to stay in that place. But when you, you know, like you said, doing the work in whatever form to, to move that stuff out, it makes it so much easier to, to, to go back to like alignment mode when you get a little bit off. We're all going to get off. That just is life. Yeah. But when you learn your body's compass in that way of, oh, this is showing up, but you have a word for it, you know it, what it is. And then you can give yourself like an energetic hug. Like you're okay. Mm -hmm. Like I tell myself all the time, you're safe. You're safe. Because that was, that's one of my kind of themes in life is, you know, having developmental trauma and not having parents who made me feel safe and having a lot of like, there's abuse and things that happened during my life. So I, so when, so a lot of everything kind of like boils down to, if you just like, where's this coming from? Where's this coming from? At the very, very bottom for me, it always is like, am I safe? Is everything okay? Like, is the other shoe going to drop kind of energy, right? But I'm mm-hmm. so aware of it. And I've done a lot of the work to release that energetic quality, but doesn't mean it doesn't come up from, you know, time and time again, in the same mm-hmm. way you're explaining, like, Oh, a couple clients canceled or whatever. It's same experience here. Like there, I sometimes that'll happen. And be like, Oh my God well, am I going to be making enough money? And it's like going down that, but it doesn't last long anymore. It's this fleeting moment of, oh shit. And then it's like, okay, tools in my toolbox, so much awareness and so much trust and love for myself more than I ever had before that I can just, okay, we're just gonna like, let that go. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to attach to that. Yeah. And it's practice. 
it's practice. And the thing that I tell every single client that I work with is what I call a triple A method. And everybody has their different saying of this, but it's just what I call. It's just like when you have the feeling, just acknowledge it. Like, oh, hey, fear. Like, I see you. Okay? And just accept it. And like, it's okay that you're here, fear. Totally fine that you're here. I'm going to let you be here. You're not going to be in charge, but you can be here. And when we do that, that gives it that like 90 seconds for it to process through, right? And to just like move its way. And all my clients are always like, that is miraculous. When I do that, when I actually do it, it's so much easier. Yeah. And so like, oh my gosh, I feel this and I shouldn't. So I always tell them it's never the feeling that is the problem. It's always your emotion about the feeling, mm-hmm. like the story mm-hmm. that you tell about it. That's where we get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thought's it's like, just a thought. Right. There's no meaning unless you attach meaning. And then if you keep holding on to it, it becomes, then you feel something in your body and then it spirals for people. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. And I'm curious for you, you know, mine is safety. (laughs) What is, you know, what is, what are, what is the theme for you that you feel like I'm just going to keep working on this because it's going to, it might be there. It might be my karmic lesson that I just need to keep working on this lifetime. Yeah. Um, the visibility, I think, is a big thing. Um, because it, it's tied back to that whole ex- thing of exhaustion. Uh, and, and it may sound silly, but when I, had, when I had the bakery, you know, we were on Cupcake Wars. We were on a, bu- a bunch of different shows. And, and it was, I mean, it's such a small little slice of, of like fame, but like we would have people come in and be like, oh my gosh, can I get your signature? Or there would be times I'm walking down the street and people would be like, oh my gosh, I saw you on TV. Can I get your signature? And I'm like, I put my pants on the same way you do. Like, I just, I never like, you know, was one of those people that's like, oh my gosh, they're a star kind of thing. So when, when people were like looking at me like that, like it's scary. Cause I was the kid who ran away from the camera when I was younger, super, super shy. So the visibility thing is like, I have such a high standard for myself and how I live my life that like, just the fear of like, I'm, I'm going to fail at some point. I mean, I do fail, you know, many ways every day, you know, but for somebody to be like, Oh, there it is. <laughs> like pointing the finger, you know, yeah. that, that is definitely, you know, a fear. Um, it's yeah. interesting you bring this up because I was just talking to Mackie about this yesterday with people who have a lot of visibility And you have, uh, you know, a following or even if it's on a small scale, like you have, you know, a hundred Patreon members or people who are entrusting you as a thought leader. So they have this expectation of, of you, you know, of this person. And if that person decides to evolve and change their messaging or change their trajectory of who they are and what they believe and what they're about, which we all can do at any time. And it's incredible if somebody does that because it shows that they have a lot of confidence in themselves and they're not going to keep themselves stuck in one one version of themselves just because that's the version that people know. But people get so upset. I know I'm generalizing here when somebody changes their messaging or changes who they are, because they put this person on a pedestal and they have these expectations of this is how this person shows up for me in my life. Right. We are all the, the actor starring in our own movie. And that person is playing a role for us. And when they change their role, we're like, wait a minute, 
uh-uh, mm-hmm. this is my movie. You are not allowed <laughs> to change your role. And people ostr- get ostracized. And so when you have visibility, like you're talking about, yeah, there is, um, there's a chance that that could happen. And yeah. that is fucking like scary for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. And I think as you were saying that, I was like, really for me, it boils down to um, there's something, there's a piece about being perceived in a way that is so inaccurate. Mm. Like, and I don't, I don't know, there's some other wording for it, but like when somebody will say that I'm something and I'm like, that's so not true, like not even true in the least bit. And they're so stuck in their mind that that's, you know, that, that's who I am. Um, that for some reason just gets under my skin so much. And it's so hard to just be like, I, I've gotten better. Like, you know, some people I'm just like, whatever, they can think whatever they want to think, but there's still definitely a piece of it. that's just like, no, you need to know the truth. Yeah. Don Miguel Ruiz talks about that a lot in the person who wrote the four agreements and mm-hmm. he talks about it's he refers to the actor and you're you know that we're starring in our own play and that you know you're playing a character and they're playing a character and mm-hmm. if they want to see you as the villain or if they want to see you as whatever that's how they're going to see you and it's about detaching because realizing that like no I'm the star of my own movie so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. And, you know, I talk to that to clients about that all the time about like, you know, when somebody in their life is so hard for them. And I'm like, what what is that character? What were they cast as to be able to help you, you know, be the hero in your movie? And I was listening to a podcast this morning, actually, with Don. Don, Well, I cannot say his name now. Don Miguel Ruiz and his son. And they said something that hit me so hard. And they, they talked about how um, a lot of times people will go to um, past life stuff and be like, you know, I was this in my past life. And they said, because they're too afraid their own, own their own power of who they are right now. And it's like, they need this thing to like give them worth and value. That's, that's my paraphrase. Right. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, I see that. I can see that with so many people when they're like, well, in my past life, I did this. I'm like, but who are you right now? Like, yeah, it's an interesting thing. We were listening to the same podcast, Aubrey Marcus. um, And that's why he's on my mind, too. And um, yeah, there was a lot about that, that I was like, really different perspectives around spirituality and higher levels of consciousness right now than I've been hearing on on a lot of other things. And some Mm -hmm. of which really did test kind of my own like view of things and brought up a lot of questions, because I am really interested in, you know, past lives and how they affect our current and, you know, our karmic lessons and all of that but at the same time you're in this life you're inhabiting this body in this lifetime you're here and it is easy to i guess make excuses or attach to well i am the way i am because i have this trauma or and it could be from a past life or someone read my akashic records and they told me <laughs> that i was a war veteran and that i went right. through this 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 and this and it's like is it helpful or is it empowering or right. in some way is right. it disempowering and actually preventing you from being, like you said, in your power in the now. And so yeah. I think that some of these things, there's no right and there's no wrong, obviously. Like, I think there's a place for all of this. And, you know, I like to believe that magic is real. I want to live my life that way because it's more fun. Right. It's way more fun to think that, like, we can manifest and, you know, we can control our destiny and all these things. But we also, it's easy to get caught up in some of this like spiritual bypassing stuff. Uh, and the, the conscious community is, is a, it's just a fucking like, it's, I don't even know how, what to call it. It's just a yeah. lot. 
It, it is. And I like, I love the woo stuff. And at the same time, because I'm like, have that super logical part, like sometimes I'm just like, oh my gosh, like stop. You know, like I know people who are like, and they start getting upset about something. They're like, oh, I need to go to do ceremony or I need to, I'm like, stop giving your power away, even to a plant. I mean, I love ayahuasca. It's one of the best things that's ever happened to me. And stop giving your power away to that. Like you have the, you have the tools within you, like trust yourself to tap into it. But I mean, it's kind of like the way that we've been, most people who've gone to, to public education, right? It's all about like, here, learn this, spit it back out. They're not taught to touch, like to listen to themselves. And so they take that model that they grew up with and then just put it into the spiritual world of like, oh, Mercury's in retrograde right now. So, I, you know, that's why I'm a mess. Well, you know what? Mercury isn't metrograde, retrograde and things might be harder. That's not an excuse for you to be a bitch. Like just stop using these things as excuses. Drives me crazy sometimes. <laughs> I'm I'm definitely with you. Healthy skepticism, I think, is, you know, it's okay. And I also honor people who are like, fairies are real 24-7. Like I have, you know, I know people like that as well. And I'm like, I love that for you. I mm -hmm. haven't been able to ever inhabit that part of myself, you know, and maybe one day, <laughs> maybe I can't say who I'm gonna be, you know, years from now. But at this moment in my life, I toggle, I sort of feel like a bridge between like 3D reality and then like, you know, all the other dimensions of reality. So and I, yeah. you know, I, I have a spiritual mentor that I'm working with right now, uh, Abigail Moss, for anyone who wants to check her out, mindbodyfree.com. She's the most amazing like woman. Love her so much. And yeah. we work so much on like intuition, cultivating our intuition and, you know, our, like I said, our own body's compass. And it's been really incredible for me to be in my own power, not look to others and judge myself against what other people are doing, but really just feel like I'm my own person and standing in my own truth. And it's been, I, I don't even know where I was going with that. Honestly, I had a thought. And it disappeared. There was a thought train. Maybe we'll come back to it. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about like giving the power away to everybody else instead of just connecting back to yourself. Yeah. So for oh, you, for connecting to your own intuition, like on a regular mm -hmm. basis, because yes, you can go do ayahuasca. You can ha do plant medicine ceremonies. You can do all of these kind of more elaborate excursions or experiences to get like a big shot of that energy. But I think the small things on a regular basis are important. Like what can you do that's anytime, anywhere? And what practices do you have for yourself and that you use for your clients? So that helps them. Yeah. The first thing is, and I feel like this is going to contradict some, somewhat, but is to at least get rid of the heart wall that I mentioned about with my friend is that like what I notice is once we do get rid of those things, like we can connect and trust back, you know, trust more, uh, uh, like trust ourselves more is it's really hard to do that. It's just like, it's really like when you're eating a poor diet, right? You just can't tell what feels good or what feels bad. I mean, you and I both know how many people are like, well, I, I didn't feel bad when I was eating crappy, but now that I haven't had sugar in a month and I put it back, I feel terrible. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, because now you can actually feel what your body feels. But when you were eating terrible, like your body was so clogged up, you couldn't actually figure it out. Right. And, and tell it. So it's the same way with it, with our energetic body is we got to get it cleaned up first to be able to touch base with it. And it's different. I mean, you know, I love 
the energy work that I do, but there's so many modalities. So like finding somebody that you can work with, that's going to help you to move that stuff out of you so that you can just feel free and feel lighter. And, and once you do that, I mean, a simple thing is um, you know, muscle testing and a really easy way to do that for people and is to just stand up and put your hands down to your side and close your eyes. And when you hear me say the word, yes, and you think about all the things that are lovely and beautiful and everything that you love in your life, just notice what your body does. Notice if it moves forward, if it moves back, like notice the sensations in your body. And then we won't stay in this place for long, but think of the word no. And think of all the things that piss you off, all the things that are ugly and angry. And notice what your body does. Does it lean back? Does it tense up? Just feel the sensations in your body. And then go back to thinking yes. And all the things that are lovely and good. We want to land there. and stay there. And just noticing how that feels in the body. For people, when they're, when they're in a line space, when they hear the word yes, they find that their body tends to move forward. You know, they lean forward. They feel light. They feel open. Right. When they hear the word, no, they're like, you know, you're, you're like, nope, I got to get away from here. Your body contracts. If, if that is opposite for you, typically for most people, it means that they're dehydrated and you just need to get some more water in you. And there might be some, uh, some, a heavy load of like trapped emotions that we need to work through just to get you, you know, connected to yourself because some people then get so familiar with no and angry and all the bad things that again, it doesn't feel safe, you know, to, to move forward into the, the yes thing. So getting clients just to connect to that, to what is their internal yes. And what is their internal no, you know, and just to listen to that because so many people don't. And I, you know, Tom, I'm like, it's really, it's really sound, will sound silly, but you can go to a grocery store and stand in front of, you know, an aisle of some food and just grab something and just be like, is this good for my body? And just listen to that. Right. And there's the, you can listen to your body and, you, and like, you know, there are times where I grab something. I'm like, nope, this isn't good for my body. It's going in the car. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I had a mocha. I had an iced mocha and I'm like, yep, I absolutely know. And I'm feeling it right now that my, I had too much caffeine and it's not good for me, but I mm-hmm. made that choice anyways, totally aware. <laughs> That's yeah, okay. That's the difference, right? Is when you're aware of making the choices and say, I'm going to choose these consequences versus I'm a victim to these consequences. Yeah, absolutely. It's being embodied versus disembodied, being in your body, which a lot of clients will come to me and they don't even, they have no idea that they're not in their body. No idea. Like they're just in the headspace constantly or disassociative, just elsewhere floating off on their balloon, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's practicing like what you're talking about. The muscle testing is a good practice, but sometimes you, you can't even go there yet because there's like all this stuff in the way. Like, I love how you're referring to the heart wall. That is such a beautiful way of putting that. Um, It's yeah, it's wonderful that that you do that work with people because then once you get out of the gunk, I always say it's like you're constipated and you take a big poop and then you're like, oh my God, I feel so much better. Like I can actually go on with my life now. I don't know about any of you guys, but if I travel and I have one day where I'm not going to the bathroom, I'm just like, 
I can't handle my life. I'm in the worst yeah. mood. <laughs> I, I, I use those metaphors to clients all the time and they laugh at me, but I'm like, listen, I'm like, if you're you know, clenching your butt and holding your cheeks and you're not letting the fart out, like it's uncomfortable for you and ever just let it out. Let everybody laugh, let everybody, you know, and just move on because it's not good for your body. And this same way with the emotions. Right, Mackie? Aren't you so happy that we just fart in front of each other? But in the beginning of our relationship, I I held back from you. It was, and you know, it was really, um, it was a challenge for me when you were like holding in your farts because you, like every day you'd be complaining about having a stomach ache, you know, and now it's like, okay, just it'll blow was, away. I it's in your fine. old apartment, I would say, I'm going to go to the laundry room. Those were the days too, Heather, when we were experimenting a lot with being like eating raw like and oh, being yeah. vegan. So Lots. many like cruciferous vegetables and nuts and oh God help you, Mackie. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's a lot of time in the laundry room. <laughs> That's a lot of time. Like just too many like dense fats that I was putting in my body mm-hmm. <laughs> and fiber. It- you know, it's funny because I've had, I, I had digestive issues so much of my life. Like I, you know, I don't do gluten, dairy, you know, sugar. And so much of my life, I literally used to, I waitress, I waitress at Chili's for six years before I eat, ate really well. And I would go before, go, go to the restaurant before my, my shift. And I would have broccoli and cheddar soup. It, terrible. And then the whole entire shift, my stomach was like, blah, 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 blah. And I would just crop dust the whole entire restaurant, <laughs> my whole shift, because I had such bad gas. And I always had, I mean, I could tell you story after story of so many like blowouts and, you know, stuff. So that like, for me, I've just never been one to like hold stuff in because it's, I couldn't, like, there's no way that I could. And so I think that makes it easier for me, like on an emotional level, just to be like, just let it go. And thankfully, my boyfriend, he's like, I love it when you fart in front of me. Like that was the like from the get go, like it was like an easy no brainer. Like he's like I he's like, I would hate it if you didn't. Um, so that's really great. But, you know, I knew so many people who were like, oh, my gosh, I can't do that. And it correlates, you know, to to ha- our emotions. I've worked with clients. I just had one about two, it's about two, three weeks ago. We got on the phone and she's just really struggling and. She's like, I just need, just need you to tell me something to do. I need a goal. I need something to move forward. And as we started exploring things, it turned out that she was constipated. She's like, I haven't pooped in so long. And then we were exploring. I like to look at um, what the five bodies, like physically, emotionally, energetic, spiritually, and mentally. And like, we'll go through and just like what in there is being held back right now or what needs a shift. And so that we started with the physical. She said she was constipated. When we got to the emotions, she was talking about how she's always told that she can't feel what she's feeling. Mm. And when I said to her, like, it's okay to be angry and it's okay to be sad. You know, the tears just came and she was like, no one's ever said that to me. Like, thank you. Mm -hmm. And then we get on our next call and I'm like, how's the poop? But she's like, yeah, it's not a problem. Totally pooping. Wow. because emotionally she was able to allow herself to feel her feelings. And so her body was like, okay, I can, I can let go now. Yeah. I was the most constipated child and it Mm. correlated with what was happening with the, it was all about the safety, like my, the root chakra, like it was, everything was just clenched. And I had up until I was probably uh, like kindergarten, at least or first, I just remember having so many problems. Like, and I was the kid who couldn't poop. And it was just like, I was, you know, the anal retentive and like, you know, psychologists will call that anal retentive. And 
And here's the thing that, you know, for those out there who depend, you know, however woo you are, whatever you believe in, science and and energetics are coming together now. There is, Mm -hmm. you know, we there are all the correlations to show how our energy, how we are, we all we are all energy. So our energetic body is affecting our physical, our emotions affect our physical. And Mm -hmm. this is the stuff that I'm the most passionate about with people is using our body as the tool to help us. It doesn't lie. Your body will not lie. It will contract or it will expand and it will tell you what's going on. And I just had a client who I had to say no to because I had a, my, it was physical contraction. Nope. Not the right fit. And the the client I had the next day, Oh, moving towards moving towards. So want to work with you. We're going to have the best time together. Right. And so I think that's, it's such an important thing that, that you're doing with clients. Um, Okay, I have a couple questions before we go because I know we know we don't have all the time in the world. But I do want to talk a little bit about your book, mm-hmm. Love Yourself, a 28 yep. day journey to love the skin and life you are in. Oh, she's holding nice. up the book, everyone. Yeah. And so for someone who my whole uh, trajectory and like uh, entry point into this world was having disordered eating and uh body dysmorphia that's what the catalyst for me like that said oh i have to get i have to get a coach i have to and then that's when i went back to school went to integrative nutrition school went to the psychology of eating like did the whole thing so uh i think some of this has a little bit of that in it i from what Mm -hmm. i understand so yeah yeah Yeah. so the the book one this is like woo but i feel like the book came to me and I really believe that ideas, you know, are energy, right? And they'll come to someone. And if that person doesn't take action on it, it'll go to someone else. Right? And this, this idea came to me because I was working as a, an intensive in-home therapist and the, my clients were the kids and I had to do family therapy too. And, and my view on, on any kind of work with kids is that the kid is, oh, they're the smoke alarm saying that there's something wrong in the family and everybody wants to label them the problem, but they're, I'm like, they're, they're telling us right now, they're not the problem. Like the, the, the system is the problem here. And so I was doing work with this um, mother and father and it was the stepdad and they had been married maybe two years or so. And they had had a one-year-old that, that, and that wasn't the client. It was like 14 year old. That was my client. And we were talking about that. They were fighting a lot. And so I gave them the assignment to to continue to fight, but they had to do it in their bedroom and they had to do it naked. And as soon as I said that, the husband was like, oh, she'll never let me do that. And I was like, why? And, 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 and she's like, I don't want him to see me naked. So after she had the baby, she was so ashamed of what her body looked like that she didn't want her husband to look at her naked. And it hit me so hard because I was like, you guys created a life together, right? And And so I started talking to one of my girlfriends and I was like, did you experience this after you had your kids? And and it was somebody who we went to to health coaching school with. And she started telling me about like all her clients that, you know, share the same feeling. And I just was like, it just made me so sad. And the book like came to me in that, like we look at our body. So as, as it has to look at a certain way and we forget to think about the function of our body right? And how incredibly miraculous it is, right? From like egg and sperm coming together to growing into this human, like 
it's bizarre when you think about it. It is unbelievable. And we don't have reverence for it. It's just oh. all we all the messaging is that it has to be a certain aesthetic so that you're yes. more accepted. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 so the book, you know, came down. It was funny because I had the idea of the of of doing each day, looking at each day at a different body part and expressing gratitude for that body part. Right. And I put like I had the idea and then I was like, oh, no. And then then the book, um, I don't know if you ever heard the book, The Magic came out. It was like a follow up to The Secret. And it was like just each day, a different gratitude about something. And I was like, OK, well, she's doing this clearly like I could do this with this book, you know. And so then I just you know started writing more. And so it's a very simple book about each day is focusing on a different body part. and. I share a story about like my relationship with that body part or somebody else's story and, you know, give a, um, what I call positive vibration statement. I hate the word of affirmations. I hate it so much. And incantations, right. It's, it's like, just say it. And it's like, well, if your body, if your subconscious doesn't believe it, it's going to just throwing up, keep throwing up the, the bullshit flag and you're going to be fighting with yourself. So when I heard the term positive vibration statement, I like that a bit more because it's easier. It's like, oh, I'm saying this thing that's going to like it will raise my vibration the more that I say it. And even writing that like, down, Heather. And mm-hmm. would it be all right if I also use this? Because mm-hmm. yeah. I, <laughs> I am yeah. the same way that mm-hmm. I have a hard time with the affirmations, because, again, if, if it's really dis, if you have a lot of disbelief, then it's you. It's literally like your brain is rolling its eyes. Like just imagine yes. eyes five times the size just rolling around in your head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And since I started, since I wrote the book, and I, I, I don't feel like I've rewritten it twice. And I'm like, I can't again. But um, talk about what I call conscious blabbing. And it's using using bridge words. Like I'm beginning to love my body. I'm learning to love my body. I'm allowing myself to love my body. I'm becoming someone who loves my body, right? Using those bridge words. Um, so there's a, a positive vibration statement each day. And the idea is to read the story, to look at yourself naked each day, which is really challenging for a lot of women, right? But just to face that part and to look at it with the eyes of, oh my gosh, like my belly housed you know, if you raise a child, like it housed X amount of children, humans that grew in it and, and looking at it for the function of it and what it does for us versus oh, my belly's fat. Therefore, it has no worth. Okay? And so there's parts of, in the book that like different organs that I talk about, like the pancreas, which is like, why would that be included? But like you and I both know, right, the pancreas is such a big impact on our moods and how we see ourselves depending on how we eat right and so how about we if we love our pancreas by you know eating foods that are going to regulate our blood sugar when our blood sugar is regulated so much easier to love yourself when you're like happy than when you're you know sugar you know sugar crashing all the time so the book has been um, you know, I'm not a big, like, oh, I've got to market huge and that kind of stuff. It's been this just little like, okay, I have a book and I have a Facebook group of, you know, each year we go through the book in February because there's 28 days in February and there's 28 days of the book, you know, we'll just go through the book together and each day share gratitudes about it. And it's so fun seeing women like, oh my gosh, I never thought about my body like this. What a good you know? month too, for, mm-hmm. you know, Valentine's day in our world <laughs> being all right. about love. Right. And mm-hmm. this cheesy, like fake love but this is like this is the real love how to really love yourself and give yourself that gift of 
that energetic uh, connection, right? So again, with everything being energy, what we're talking about and telling our body is that energetic relationship we have. So if you just say like, I hate my body, I hate my body, you think it's going to love you back? <laughs> like we have to have a little bit, you know, learn and start to connect to our body as a process. So I love the bridge words. I love that. Like I'm beginning, I'm starting, you know, like I'm becoming because yeah, you may not be there yet. This is a process, but the goal is that wouldn't we all love to be able to stand in the mirror, no matter how much weight we gain or lose or how our bodies change because they will. That's an inevitable thing. We age, we change, we do not look the same, but having more reverence for this is, this is, I always say, this is the vessel that houses our soul. Yes. Yeah. I talk about it being the playground for our soul. Yeah. It, it, it is so amazing. And I see that when women it's like two of the big things that women struggle with the most are you know, the relationship with their body and their relationship with money. And when they struggle in business, right, their energy is being spent so much on what I look like, you know, and not having enough money that it doesn't create space. They don't have any space to be able to, to serve in their business at the level that they could because they're so focused on what they look like and, you know, being in scarcity instead of, you know, let me just, this is what my body is. And, and I will say this because this is a big thing for me. And I think that you probably understand this. I think that the, the, I know this is controversial, but you know, the body love movement can be really detrimental, right? Hey, you're 400 pounds. Just love your body. Yes. You are 400 pounds. Love your body because it has carried you this far. And when you love your body, what that looks like, you know, is taking care of it. If you, when you love it, move it. When you love it, feed it leafy green vegetables, feed it foods that are going to nourish it instead of robbing it. Right. And I, I, I and that's like, when we talk about the whole visibility thing, like I, I don't ever want to get lumped in that crowd of like, Hey, you know, you're, you know, you are super sick and unhealthy and just love your body. Loving your body is a starting point right? or accepting your body. How it is, is a starting point to loving your body and loving your body is caring for it. You know, the same way that you would care for, anybody else in your life, like give the same care and respect to your body. Absolutely. Yeah. And oftentimes when we are in a place of just shame and hatred for our body, I mean, it affects every area of life. It really spreads out. That is what my experience was and why I knew like enough is enough because my thoughts all day were all around that not loving myself and what I look like and it was just taking up so much brain space. I'm like, I know that I have more to offer this world. And I know that I could have more capacity to, yeah. to enjoy my life if I didn't just think these thoughts. And it was like, you know, it's like the tape that just plays on repeat, just looping and looping. And uh, with anything in our life, if there's a loop happening, that's your sign. <laughs> like, what is the, where's the looping? Can you, can you like see it? And then start to begin to work, work on that with someone. It's hard to do. It is hard to do it on your own. I think you can read books and, but it really, I'm, I'm, I, I will say every episode because I believe that we should have a coach, have a coach, have a mentor, have a therapist, have someone who's on your side, who is helping you. Um, and if you need resources for that, if, you know, finances are kind of like in your way of, well, I can't, just let me know because I'm happy well, to help. <laughs> yeah. And let me, let me say something about that. Yeah, there because you go. 
when is a perfect I segue. To, yeah. When I went to, um, to integrative nutrition, right. The night before I remember friends asked me out for dinner and I'm like, I can't before I went to the, to the open house to learn about it. Right. And I had traveled from South Jersey up to New York city because the school was live at the time. And I, I was like, I can't afford dinner. Right. The next day I go to the open house and I sit there. And again, like I realized like how much more connected I was before I even knew it. And I sat there and I just felt like with every fire fiber of my being, I have to do this. Like I need to go to this school. Like I had the counseling skills. I had no idea how to actually care for me. Like no idea how to feed my body, no idea how to live in this body. And I was like, I have to do this. And I went and I found somebody who would lend me the money to do it. And so whenever people say to me, like, oh, I can't afford it. I'm like, bullshit. You can afford anything you want. Just say, just be honest with yourself and say, I don't want it enough to have to find the resources. That that is uh, beautiful that you bring that up because you're reminding me of a time when I was very young. I was 18 and I was working at a call center and I began to fall in love with fitness and wanted to become a personal trainer and knew that I needed a, a money to help me like in this phase of I got to quit the call center job so that I can spend my time getting clients and learning and shadowing and being with all these fitness professionals. And I asked my grandmother to gift me or lend me. I think she just ended up gifting me. Oh, no. And I paid her back now that I'm remembering $400 a month just so that she could help pay my rent at the time. And I was the catalyst. And, you know, I, I wasn't I wanted it so bad. Yes. That I was like, I, I'm going to ask. And I wasn't even close with my grandmother, you know, but mm -hmm. I just was something pulled me to be like, you got to ask her to help you pay for this. And same thing when I became co-owner of the last business I was in, I was so young. I didn't have the money to invest. And fortunately, my business partner said, you know, you can do it little bits at a time over the next three years to, you know, for the equity. And mm -hmm. I borrowed money from yeah. family and paid them back. And so mm -hmm. I'm with you on that. It's like, how bad do you want it? And again, is your body like leaning towards it? Like, I have to do this. And that's mm -hmm. kind of how I am with a lot of things in my life. Like if I know that it's right, I get like, I got to do it. I have to do it. And I was like that with integrative nutrition school. I'm like, I think it was like $10,000. And I'm like, what the hell? Like yeah. have to yeah. have to do this. Yep. I was the same way. It was eight. I remember being eight and not just because I remember I was so like 8,000. I didn't have a credit card at all at the time, you know? And eight, it's funny because like at the time it's like 8,000 was like, Oh my gosh. But then traveling up and back. So it definitely added up you know, for sure. And I, I, I just like, I have to make it work. It's always, you know, there will always be money that will come and go. Right. But I have to make it work. And so I know that there are circumstances in some people's lives when you're a single mom and you're trying to feed three kids and you're working three jobs. Like that, those are real legit things. Right. And there is always a way too. There, there is always is. a way if, if you want there to be a way. Right. We have so many internal resources that we can pull out. And with a little bit of courage, not being afraid to ask for help, I think is a really big piece of this. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's the difference between somebody just saying, I can't afford it. Right. And going into lack mode versus I'm going to have to get creative and figure out a way to make this happen. Right. 
disempowered versus empowered. So totally different. Yeah. And what you're describing, I mean, I would say that this is probably 90% of, you know, the most famous, incredible entrepreneurs that you hear when they talk about the beginning of their journey. They talk this exact way. I didn't mm -hmm. know how, but I figured it out. I was broke. <laughs> I didn't have anything. And mm -hmm. then, then now they're like the millionaires that are like, you know, I didn't start. I didn't come from this. So there, there's a, definitely a thread here for people to listen to. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you have actually on your website, you have this uh, sacred money archetype quiz. So I would mm -hmm. love for the listeners to take that and... Can you tell us a little bit more about that before we wrap up? Yeah. So the sacred money archetype, it, what I love about it is, you know, archetypes are, they're a model or a theme, right? And they, they're things that people all around the world recognize. And like, we understand, like, you know, somebody says a king, you, know, you already know what the characteristics are, say Joker, right? People like, there's all things that, that were like, oh, I, I don't even speak the same language as somebody else, but you know what they are. Right. And so the, uh, the archetypes, the sacred money archetypes are basically their, their pattern of power within you that, that you can use to have a really great relationship with money. Right. And oftentimes people who are struggling, it's because they're living in their, uh, their shadow side of their archetype. Mm. And, and I'll give a quick example of a client who her um, archetype was the accumulator and the accumulator is all about, they like to, they feel better when they have money in the bank. Right. And she was saying that she's like, I don't think it really resonates with me because, you know, I don't have these things. And I said, maybe that's why you've been such a struggle lately, right? Because you desire to have X amount of money. You desire to have all these things set up and you don't right now. So it's pissing you off that you don't. And she was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. right? And once she understood the strengths of her, you know, her archetype, it was like, oh wait, I can lean into this and I'm going to do this to make, like, make myself feel really good. And I like, these are the th ways that I struggle. And like, once we can understand that we can lean into it. And our, our sacred money archetypes, we have, you know, different contracts that we have and we have, you know, thoughts and beliefs that are empowering or disempowering with them. So when we understand them, right, we can lean into, like I said, our strengths and know what makes us tick so that because everything is a, is a pattern. Right. And so when we understand our patterns, right, we can get ahead of them and make like life easier, so much easier with money than when we just go blindly around. And it's like, I don't know why I keep giving money away to everybody who asks me. You know, versus like, oh, I'm the nurturer and I keep wanting to fix people by giving away money. Has that been serving me? No. Let me like, you know, let me become empowered by first empowering myself and then I can empower more people. So. And how many I, archetypes are there? There's eight. Eight. Yeah. There's eight different archetypes. Yeah. And there's um, if you go and take the the assessment, then um, you'll get your results. And then there's a link that'll, um, page that'll send you where I describe them, like on video, you can click on yours and see what yours are. Cause I know sometimes it's easier to hear somebody explain it than to read it for people. Yeah. I'm excited. For a combination usually of two, two of them. We will definitely link to all of that in the show notes. Yeah. Heather, anything else that you want to share with the listeners about what you're up to, what you're really passionate about? I think we covered a lot of ground today. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I feel like sometimes I can talk forever and then other times I'm like, I'm done. Um, but no, I mean, I think we covered a lot. I am super, you know, I love seeing, you know, you on this journey too. And knowing that there, you know, the, the learning never stops, you know, 
and allow yourself just to be open to change. And, and I, I'm saying this maybe more even for myself is like, allow yourself to be a victim of cancel culture. <laughs> if you Amen. step outside, right. You know, of, of what people think of you, you know, allow yourself to grow and evolve because all those people who, you know, are going to scream and shout because you're changing and you're being different. Like they're not the people, you know, who are going to be like, who are really going to support you when you, when you need the most. And, and you're going to, once you let go of them, you'll find your people. really will. Yes. I am definitely in that place right now of trusting that and letting go of a lot of, you know, old and embracing new. And that's what you do when you leave your entire life and jump into a new timeline. That's what you do. So Mm -hmm. totally with you on that. But, but all signs point to, you know, for us being in the right place at the right time. I mean, it's been just, you know, a little over two months of moving we already have people that we're hanging out with and events we're going to and hiking buddies. And it's like, wait, how is that possible after being here for just 60 days? You know, people it's because it's just right. It's alignment. It's alignment. Exactly. And I feel like two months feels like two years already. And which is just, it's so spectacular. Uh, All right. As the cat jumps up on the computer, (laughs) she's, she's the queen. She's her, her archetype is the queen. I understand that. (laughs) I, my dog runs my life and I never thought that I would be that person, but you know, crazy things happen. All right, Heather. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and we'll link everything in the show notes and uh, I know our listeners are going to be following up with you and taking that quiz. Awesome. It was good talking with you guys. Great talking to you.